Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today I am probably going to just hand this podcast over to Dan because this is one of his favourite subjects that we're going to tackle. It's all to do with conspiracy theories and Dan loves a conspiracy theory, don't you, Dan? Yeah, this is my wheelhouse right here. Yeah. I, know the, <laughs> I know the podcast is called Small Business Whole Health. <laughs> conspiracy theories is kind of a little bit left field compared to that, but I'm going to be honest, this is the real reason I wanted to start the podcast a year and a half ago. <laughs> Conspiracy thieves, I think, is fascinating. But there are some ones which really relate to health. Quite a lot of them do, I think, actually. So yeah. it's not too kind of far-fetched. No. Yeah, if Dan had his choice, we'd be talking about this every week. Yeah, we <laughs> so we have to let him loose. Yeah, yeah we let, should do a mini-series, really. Yeah, well, we have to let Dan loose once in a while just to get it out. And then, <laughs> then he'll go back to normal. And then six months' time, we'll have to do another one, right? So, conspiracy theories, Dan. I like a bit of... I'm not as into them as you. I used to be when I was a kid because I used to love the whole Bermuda Triangle and the Yeti and stuff like that. But um, the like, like the more modern ones, the whole 9-11 and all that kind of stuff, I'm, I didn't really go for it. But I have read an excellent book, which um, I recommend everyone reads. It's really good. It's called Heretics. The Heretics, Adventures with the Enemies of Science by Will Storr and it's such a good book and it's kind of like why we see things and you know like he talks about um so I, I can't like let's say climate change deniers and what he's saying is it's like professors who are you know at the top of their field in arguing both sides so it's it's in, really interesting that like rational people educated people believe in stuff that is is against the mainstream and it's not to say that they're wrong because um, they've got enough evidence to back them up to their theories, but it's 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 very interesting. I remember watching a documentary once about um, statins. They got two professors from the same university, I even think. It was like Cambridge University, top professors in their field. And one was saying, we should all be on statins. They're, they're going to save our lives. And the other professor was saying, no, nobody should be on statins. They're the worst thing ever. And it was like they both had the same evidence, like not the same evidence, but equal evidence. So it's dead interesting, isn't it? So somewhere down the middle is the truth. But how you get these two opposing sides of things? Yeah. And like we mentioned before we came on air, there's that confirmation bias as well. You, you totally convince yourself that you are right. Yeah. Even just in little everyday things as well. Things like diet, you can talk to a carnivore and a vegan and they can both give you really strong arguments for both sides and almost convince you that that should be the right thing to do. So like you said, somewhere in the middle lies the truth. Everyone's everyone's different. But when it comes to conspiracy theories, even the term conspiracy theory, it almost projects an image of some whack job who's just making things up when they think everyone's trying to kill them and all this type of thing. But again, whether how, how true this is, I don't know. But the, the term was actually coined by, I think it was the US government or the CIA, to try and conjure up this image of anyone who talks about conspiracy theories is just a bit of a nut job. So it's actually like they were preempting and, and trying to put people off, people who were trying to put real information out there, essentially. 
So they mm. were beating them to the punch and it's it's kind of stuck, you know, the tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theory, you know, I mean, doomsday prepper type of thing. Mm. But it's <laughs> it's really, <laughs> really, yeah, pretty much like me. But <laughs> it's really just a, an opposing opinion to the mainstream. That's all it yeah. is. It doesn't mean you're right or wrong. And there's there's been some that have proven to be right. And there's some major ones that are probably going to go on for the rest of time. But there's just cover ups. If history tells us anything, it's that we never know the real truth because either they do that to protect us or they do it because they have like sinister agendas. Again, there's probably somewhere in the middle, to be honest. So yeah, yeah there's, there's some really kind of deep, quite sinister ones, like I said, but there's some quite funny ones as well. So we'll, we'll go through them both. Okay. Well, I love the music of Muse. And um, apparently uh, Matt Bellamy, who's the lead singer of Muse, his uncle got killed by the IRA in the 70s and ever since then he became obsessed with conspiracy theory so all of Muse's lyrics and stuff are about the men in grey suits coming to get you and, oh, <laughs> and really? stuff like that. that yeah yeah uprising is about rising up against the government and yeah so have a listen to Muse if you're into conspiracy theories because the lyrics are really good <laughs> yeah and I think anyone who listens to this episode and even if they, they just kind of they just turn off when they hear the word conspiracy theory. Just think of it as an alternative story or an alternative opinion, because what you what you think is right, there's actually probably a whole different story out there, which again doesn't mean that that story is necessarily right. But there's more than what's made the eye. I, I would say. Yeah, there's, um, all, there's two sides to every story, isn't there? And oh, in the middle is yeah. the truth somewhere. So, yeah. right, let's get digged in then, Dan. What's what's your first one? Right. Okay. I think we should we should go lighthearted and start with a few ones that are kind of not as uh, not as deep and as, <laughs> and as sinister and as sinister. Yeah. So, like you mentioned in the opener, the Bermuda Triangle's always been a weird one. I'm not sure whether that's like a conspiracy theory, but it's like it's a bit strange. And does it exist? Does it not? What's your thoughts on the Bermuda Triangle? Well, I used to love Arthur C. Clarke's World of Strange things i don't think it was called that was it i've got his you know what his book one of his books have i got it on my shelf here uh, i haven't but one of his books mentions eshwinen where i live oh, really? and and you know what happened in eshwinen which is weird in 1860 something or other uh, there was a, a plague of frogs came down from the sky i mean could you imagine if that happened to me i've got a phobia of frogs <laughs> what, but, was the, what was the scientific explanation um, some kind of, I don't know, I don't, they reckon that like they get sucked up by a tornado type vortex thing that appears and then... But why just frogs? Why wasn't there like rabbits and <laughs> well, rabbits small insects? <laughs> <laughs> so frogs, yeah, it's it's in Arthur C. Clarke's book and I have got it, it's downstairs and I'll um, I'll put a thing out, it's got Eshwin and it ain't something or other, a, a downpour of frogs occurred and... <laughs> That would, I would absolutely have a heart attack if that ever happened again. So, yeah, so in Arthur C. Clarke's World of Strange Powers, which is what it was called, he was always going on about the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> so I was actually fascinated by it. And there's a lot of it, like, uh, I don't know. There used to be, like, Arthur, I'd like to call him, and um, he would say that, there was some kind of strange energy around in that area. Whether, though, it was because, the, like, Cuba is there and there's a lot of military activity there that they were just trying to keep flights away from that area. You know, sometimes they, they what we were saying, bef 
what we were saying off air was that they use things to distract you or keep you away from an area. Who knows? But there was lots of flights, wasn't there, that disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle? Yeah. To, like my opinion on it, I've not looked into it too much, but I think it's just a, it's probably just a weather kind of climate yeah. phenomenon. Like that, that area must have something unique to that area, which causes like anomalies. Yeah, a lot of hurricanes and stuff down that way, don't yeah, they? Yeah. So but yeah, there is like, it's, it's not just recent, like historically, I think there's been back in the days when there was like old wooden sailing ships, there's loads and loads of shipwrecks. I think it's like one of the highest in the world. And there's um, stories going back for millennia that this certain area, there's been weird things happening. And then obviously when uh, flight became available, there's loads of flights gone gone missing and some of them haven't even been found, have they? But again, if you, this is not a conspiracy theory I'm into, but some people say a lot of these flights are military based as well. So what's, is it like a, are they testing things out where you can go through mm. wormholes and tunnels? But I don't really subscribe to that, but it is a little bit, little bit strange how just that certain area things happen, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I think I think it's weather conditions. Yeah, me too. I do. What was that ship called that was meant to have nobody on it? It was still sailing around the sea. Arthur was always on about it. <laughs> so all my conspiracy <laughs> theories come from Arthur C. Clarke's World of Strange Power. I don't know. Book. I don't know if I've heard that Marie, one. Marie Celeste. That was what it was called. Oh, right, you know, yeah. Uh, like yeah, it was a sailing ship that it was sailing around. It had nobody on it, and there was a lot of theories as to why they all jumped off the latest one i saw was it was a like a, a flight they were going f- somewhere through the bermuda triangle and normally obviously when you go on a flight they only take a certain amount of fuel don't they they don't want to overload with fuel so there was some pilot and his passengers and they enc- encountered like a, a weird weather system like the clouds were closing in like a vortex type of thing and they appeared over the coast after they went through this kind of vortex thing and they still had pretty much a full tank of fuel when it should really be empty and the flight had, I know, been shortened by 20, 30 minutes and they just there was no explanation. The Again, it could have just, if it was weather, it could have just messed with the navigation systems and things like that. But they saved 20 minutes and the, the tank of fuel was still full. But again, like we were going to talk got, about. They might have got people sucked could up by a vortex. Story. <laughs> like the frogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because these things, it sounds far-fetched. Things like... um. Uh, like physics isn't fully understood yet. You never know. There could yeah. be something. Like, so um, quantum physics is like you absolutely, know, proven yeah. things that never could have been proved before. I like the when people say, if a hundred years ago, if you gave someone an iPhone, imagine the brain would just explode. So in a hundred years' time, we might we might have developed or figured out some quantum mechanics that realizes these things do do happen, and it's not an anomaly. It's just it's just rare. So yeah. anyway, the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> not the most, not the most uh, sinister one, but uh, uh, is that a conspiracy? Th- like, what qualifies a conspiracy theory? Because like, there's like weird stuff that happens, like the Bermuda yeah, Triangle yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Then there's like conspiracy theories, which is like there's some kind of sinister government people control, even controlling the government, like higher than the governments. That are yeah, controlling so, yeah. Us. To me, to me, that's a conspiracy theory. That's why. I want to get like the Bermuda Triangle and the, the kind of oh the shitty ones the airy fairy ones yeah <laughs> so the next two will say the shitty ones but are also quite interesting as well um, Bigfoot <laughs> which you've already said you're fascinated about and oh, yeah, the Loch Ness monster I mean come on <laughs> <laughs> well my great great grandmother or aunt or someone 
I remember my grand telling us used to live on the side of Loch Ness and she apparently swore there was something in there. But it's like if people keep telling you there's something in there, it's like the placebo Anything effect that as well. Yeah, is any be log like, it's the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like when someone tells you you're in a haunted house, then you probably start hearing things. Mm. So yeah. But the the Yeti or Bigfoot or the abominable snowman, there's been multiple sight well, probably thousands or millions of sightings, but Again, the normal these conspiracy theories or whatever they normally come from somewhere genuine, and then stories get told at Chinese whispers and things. But uh, this one comes from that kind of a little bit of truth. They have proven that there was well the Yeti, especially in the because there's multiple versions. I think Bigfoot they call it in America, don't they? Because there's Sash one Sasquatch Sasquatch. <laughs> um, but the in the Yeti and the Abominable Snowman, they're all the same term for different. Uh, uh, different terms for the same thing, really. Yeah. So in uh, in the Himalayas, they've found um, bones and skeletons of there was like a this giant ape, which was like eight foot tall. Obviously, it's thought to be extinct a million years ago or something. But it would prove the theory, right? That there was there was a creature which would look like a yeti or a bigfoot. Um, the trouble is that they just we've never seen one. Had some really proper footage you know what i mean but people claim to see it all the time and even the footage that people have released again it's always grainy it's always mm. look like it could be it could be photoshopped the, a lot of the the himalayan like the cultures like the the sherpas and that they they just think it's as real as cats and dogs loads of them apparently say it but the trouble is we, we again i say you don't have any footage on your phone or stuff but the world is such a vast place as well there could be creatures out there, like in the Amazon rainforest, be just discovering species and things like that. But normally, that's like insects and bugs and stuff. But mm. so I, I don't think they really exist. But so when you were there in the Sherpas, did they yeah. say that? Did you ask yeah, them? Yeah, we asked them about it, and they said, mm-hmm. "Oh, yeah, they can't." They had a name for it, and they said, um, "I asked him, and he said, oh, I'm 50-50 whether I believe in it." He says, "I know loads of people who think they've seen one." Mm-hmm. And, and he he was the one who was telling me about the history of and all. There's actually there was an ancient giant ape thing, but it's woven into their culture. It's not like we think mm-hmm. it was a bit of a joke. They're they're quite believing it. Believing it, yeah. Yeah, right. Should we get into some deeper ones? Go on then. Go on then. We'll talk about probably the biggest one ever. I would say, which I'm really not. I used to be into it quite a bit, but not now. The moon landings. Do you think they were real or fake? Oh, real. You think I they think were real? Real. Yeah. yeah. I understand why people do think they're fake, though, in a way, because like it was such a massive feat to get from zero to landing on the moon. Like people haven't really done it since, have they? They've only just recently started doing it again. Yeah, so and it was like Cold War driven. Like they had to get there before the Russians. There was there was a lot of questions about it, wasn't there? That's, I know because obviously it was such a big deal; it got scrutinised massively, like anything. Yeah, but there was a few big questions again, like you said, why didn't we go back? And you know the whole thing now, where they say there's more technology in your phone than the technology that it took us to get to the moon. That's like, well, yeah. if that's the case, why don't we go back? <laughs> like, why did you go in the first place? But yeah, there's there's some big conspiracies about it. First of all, whether we actually went or not, because there's a lot of things like there's photographs which look as if they were photoshopped and. The way, yeah. the, the way the flag's moving in space when there's an atmosphere, lots of things like that. But then there's also people who say, well, we went there because of, I don't know, on the dark side of the moon, which you never get to see, there's, you know, there's a secret military base and that's where 
I know Hitler escaped to and all this, all this type of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, there's it does seem odd that we went then was it 50 years ago and it was like a huge deal for no gain really just to say that they got there but it does seem a little bit odd doesn't oh, it? oh what was the point of it like i know jfk said that famous thing and we don't do it because it's easy we do it because it's not easy and all of that kind of stuff but yeah what was the point to get man on the mate i mean it's such a massive thing isn't it when you mm-hmm. think about actually think about it like oh, it's crazy, not- yeah no reason. I mean, really, it's only like the billionaires and people now just starting to go out into space and go around. But yeah, moon man, it's miles away. But but then you could you could think if they got there fifty years ago, how do we know the the some agency or something hasn't been constantly coming and going without us knowing about it? Yeah. The technology. They, there's obviously the technology now to you probably get there for a fraction of the cost in a quarter of the time really but yeah it's that's a big controversial one and there's probably a million books written on the moon landings and I, I don't really know where i stand on it i'm kind of 50 50 i believe obviously the technology was there at the time and obviously there was the whole all the apollo missions and some of them went wrong and that type of thing but i think i can't believe little, tom I, hanks would lie to us <laughs> <laughs> i think there's a little bit more to it that's what i would say i love that film apollo 13 yeah it is, it is a good film actually yeah um, okay, so moon landings. Yeah. Next up, so on a similar theme, aliens in particular, Area 51, and is there a cover-up? And are we kind of using, I mean, have aliens visited, like Roswell and things like that? Mm. Or is it just a cover-up for government technology, which they don't want us to hear about? That's the big one. I think if aliens visited now, they'd be back off to their own planet, because I think they think we were just fucking it up big style um mm. the roswell incident um that's, that's what kicked it all off didn't it yeah yeah interesting yeah it's interesting was it a weather balloon or did well, they find the, a body and the official story that came out the day after the roswell crash was um that they said there was a craft from space had landed but then i think the the day later when the, the military had got involved they said oh no it was a weather balloon but then yeah. that, but then that raises the question how does the u.s military not know the difference between a weather balloon and an alien craft. That doesn't put any faith in <laughs> faith in the US military at all, does it? And then yeah, you get things at like Area 51 and S4, and these are like totally out of bounds areas. And anyone who crosses the fence literally gets shot and arrested and all this type of thing. It's like, and then in more recent times, literally the past year, the the Pentagon and especially the US government have released footage of these sort like literally they don't even call them UFOs now do they they've got a different name for them to try and confuse people yeah um, I can't remember what it is but there's the there's been like military footage released of something they said we, we don't know what it is it's not non it's called non something yeah anyway but then that raises the question why are they releasing this footage now yeah and why like there's been probably thousands of millions of sightings similar in the past why all of a sudden now it's what it are they trying to divert us away from exactly yeah it's like the old magician doesn't he look at this hand but really mm. the trick's going on in the other hand so diversion tactic yeah interesting yeah so area 51 what this testing the stealth bomber there and it when it kind of came out because it can't be seen on radar i actually yeah. sound like i know a lot about this one. <laughs> it's only from martha c clark and then um then it came out and it looks very kind of weird, doesn't it? It looks yeah. like a, a UFO kind. Of, it's 
not doesn't look like an, a standard aeroplane, does it? And then when that came out, they were like, yeah, that's what we're testing. But yeah. we couldn't let anybody see it because they don't want the Russians to see it or any any bad people. Um, but then that's, a, that's again, that's a good cover-up. So, oh, look, we, we didn't want to tell you initially, but this is what we've been building. But really, they could have been doing something totally different, couldn't they? They could have easily built that in a, a regular aeroplane building factory, couldn't they? But then there's the whole thing like, like Bob Lazar. Thing? Yeah, Bob I was going to say. Yeah. And he's, again, it's so easy just to call him a nut job because he's so... His story is so unique. You just oh well, it's, he's just he's just a whack job. But then some of these things he said in the eighties have been proven to be correct only in the last few years, haven't they? Yeah. He was saying he was working on a, I'll call it an alien spacecraft. So everyone was saying, well, what, what was it fueled on? Because they don't have fossil fuels out in space. And he saw no, there's an element called element one fifteen, I think he called it, and. They were like, well, all the scientists around the world, well, there's no such thing as element 115 um, on the periodic table. We, we don't know what you're talking about. That was in the 80s, but in, I think it was 2015, a separate scientific discovery proved that element 115 can exist. So 25 years later, Bob Lazar was saying, well, I told you so in the 80s, but you all call me a nut job. How did I know this 25 years ago when the rest of the world's just discovered it now? I think he went to MIT, is it in America? Mm-hmm the Michigan Institute of Technology, to prove that he was like an astrophysicist. And again, they tried to discredit him, saying he worked there as like a janitor or something like that. Um, and they deleted all, all the records of him being at, at MIT. But then someone had like a newspaper clipping of him. Like, and he actually was there. He just tried, like, he tried to delete him type of thing. So it's just weird. Like, why would, why would all these things happen? Yeah, I know yeah. that's the thing. Like, they do try, when they start, like, personally discrediting people you have to mm. wonder like that happens uh, all the time doesn't it like with doctors or something who say something like i don't know like aliens exist let's say and then they start saying well he's not a real doctor he's a doctor in something completely irrelevant yeah yeah and then discredit them yeah it's well that's that happened to bob lazar he got a divorce from his wife and they put that all over the papers and stuff to try and mm. create him as a bad person and then, then I think subconsciously you just think, oh, he's a he's a bad person. He must be telling lies. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, on the other side of alien conspiracies, like we said off air, why doesn't anyone have normal footage on the iPhone in 4K? Yeah. Like it's so accessible to, which is a good point, which I'll, yeah, that's probably the big downfall of it all. But uh, there's a counter argument to that as well. A lot of these alien sightings and technology and things, it normally happens around kind of military bases and things like that yeah and the the theory behind that is it, it all kind of started happening when we split the atom and we, we figured out how to create atomic bombs and that's i mean that's so destructive to life in general <laughs> like an atomic bomb it's just yeah. crazy how powerful it is so a, a lot of the stuff i've seen and watched is yeah the, these alien sightings happened around kind of nuclear test sites and things like that in humans have even tried to set off atomic bombs in space so send them out into low earth orbit and set them off see what happens for a laugh like a firework <laughs> and a lot of these um, strange occurrences have happened around these sites because the theory is if aliens do exist that the real like humans don't realize what damage they're doing on like an atomic level you know we've spoke about different dimensions and stuff like we could be destroying different universes by setting off <laughs> atomic bombs so there's a lot of cases where atomic bombs have been set off, but then they've, when they're halfway through the sky or whatever, 
they've just fell out the sky and been diffused. And then there's been alien sightings. And I don't want to say aliens, but strange sightings of crafts and lights and things. And it's all based around trying to prevent humans from fucking destroying themselves and destroying Earth and everything else. Because once you split the atom, you're getting pretty serious, aren't you? So that's one of the yeah. theories. And I think that's that's actually quite a nice thought, really. If they're trying they're to look after us. They're actually looking but... after us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop because us humans... from destroying ourselves. But yeah, when you ask a lot of people, how will the human race die? They normally say, well, we'll probably destroy ourselves in the end. Um, yeah, well, we're doing a good job of it, really, aren't we? Oh, God, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a nice thought that they're there looking like some kind of, I don't know, benevolent. <laughs> yeah. That they're there, like, watching us, like, when the kids start playing with matches, you know, and you could actually do some serious damage. Yeah, they, they don't realise. Those stupid humans, they don't realise what's... If they create atomic bomb in the 1950s, they don't realise what's coming. Yeah. So, so, on a, uh, so, so yeah, aliens, yeah, I'm undecided. I, I, I'm undecided interested, and I think that. there's more than what, than what meets the eye, definitely. I think this is more of a funny one. But again, like you said in the book Heretics, like people really believe this, um, flat earth. I mean, yeah. to me, like, yeah, I'm a conspiracy theorist, but that just seems just almost laughable. Well, how can they, like, look in the sky and say, like, Jupiter, spherical, <laughs> Saturn, <laughs> Venus, Mars, yeah, everything's, know. like, a circle, a sphere, and then Earth, flat. <laughs> and, yeah, what even is that when, all about? Even, yeah, when you get planes that go up, like into like obviously twice as high as a commercial jet and you can see the curvature of the earth like what i don't know like what about the oceans do they just drop off into space at a certain point i know uh, what they have theories for everything that they say like because they reckon that the antarctica and the north pole are just the surrounds of the flatness it's a disc isn't it they think earth is a disc yeah i, I must admit i've not looked into it too much but yeah, there's a there's a huge movement of flat earthers. I don't know. Doesn't doesn't strike yeah. me as being true. I, don't I think know. sometimes these people get like big followings on YouTube and get paid a lot of money to. Mm. If you get if you're really entrenched in a view and you'll stay there, and this is what Graham Hancock said about um thing like his historic like Egyptologists and stuff, and he was saying that the world is a lot older than um what you're saying, like traditional. Yeah historians and archaeologists but because they've spent their life working in a certain way and thinking a certain thing they can't let go of that so maybe it's something similar like flat earthers they start saying this stuff then they get more of a following so they've got to say more of that stuff and then they start getting paid and they go to conferences so it becomes like a but aliens the same thing yeah, yeah entrenched they're they're too deep in that world that they can't see any other way yeah, like it's like confirmation bias and feeling part of a community as well. Yeah. Actually like, because this might sound harsh, but if you're like a bit of a, a loner, you you know what I mean, you're not very good socially, and then you can then latch onto something where people almost seem a little bit as, um, I don't want to say strange or weird because it sounds harsh, but like very opposing views as well. So then you feel part of the clique, you feel part of the gang, and you, you're almost credible and people like you. So then mm. the ego kicks in. Then if you if you do figure out some information which proves your theory wrong, you don't want to leave the gang, do you? you yeah. So you hold on to it even though you know you're wrong. Um, even that, like, that's just human nature. I think for things like diet, people who, I don't know, go vegan or carnivore, 
Oh, yeah, they've become like, this is the way. It's part of the gang, yeah. When Mm -hmm. if you, I know if you're a a vegan and you realize it's bad for your health, but (laughs) you like the lifestyle and you like the people you hang around with and you feel, you feel as though you're part of the crew. So you just ignore the downside just to keep the upside. It's, um, Mm, it's interesting, yeah. isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah. Um, they've, they've noticed with people who, um, uh, there's a lot of research around people who have, let's say, cancer or um, some kind of like fibromyalgia. This is a, a common one that happens with. So they join like cancer groups, support groups. They get a lot of support. They get a lot of, um, you know, they meet lots of new people. They have people, you know, in a similar situation to them. But then when they start to get better, they're not part of that group anymore. And there's a big psychology around this. Our group support systems actually actually perpetuating them. Uh, right, yeah. Because are they actually any good for someone who is because the likelihood is that you will get better or, or the you know you're moving towards getting better. And that's what a support group's meant to be. It's similar people to you who are in the same situation. But when you start to get better, you're not part of that group anymore. So is it actually making you perpetuate your symptoms and things to stay as part of the group? Or it's interesting, isn't it? The psychology around it all. Yeah, it's like you are, you know, there's a whole, in the whole business term, you are the result of the top five people you hang around with type of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's so if all your friends are suffering from, say, fibromyalgia or whatever, then yeah. you don't want to become better because you're not part of that group yeah. anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, um, so yeah, if you want to get better, you're probably better off hanging around with healthy people as well. Yeah. Um, was it, I don't know what there's a famous saying, Abraham Lincoln or someone said, if, if you want to, the best way to help the poorest not become one of them, yes. like you need to separate yourself. And if you're, was it if you walk um if you walk with the limb you'll learn how to limp or something like that it's like you will and yeah. even even things like you just you grow up in a certain area of the country you develop that accent it's just you know what i mean you become North part East of that tribe like, don't you? Yeah. You, don't, you don't cross the in the uh, durham and all of a sudden you get instilled with this accent it's just you're just surrounded by people so yeah that's true that's and if you if you're part of like a conspiracy theory group around flat earth you just you get so entrenched in it that you can't you, change your opinion yeah, yeah, even if yeah. you wanted to because then you're not known for that yeah yeah true it becomes like an identity doesn't it you become that's what i think that's what interests me around conspiracy theories how do you you suddenly start becoming that person who believes that way therefore it's really hard to get out of that mm. i mean you can change your opinions but it's like what we were saying about politicians rarely change parties because it's really hard to then change your opinion because there's a backlash as well yeah from other people um yeah it's so it's not just there's obviously millions of conspiracy theories but felt like on your point there for me like growing up until i was on the probably like mid-20s i didn't think about any of this stuff like so it's what i I didn't choose to then look at it it just kind of all of a sudden just started intriguing me and, and things just didn't add up and then I started questioning stuff so it wasn't like like someone told me to be a conspiracy theorist it's just I don't know I just it kind of, yeah it just came to me and I just became more and more open-minded and then you hear a different side of the story and you know when something just resonates with you you don't choose for that to hit you it just 
does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just so, what interests you, isn't it? Like yeah. somebody could be interested in knitting or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So Yeah. Um, and in right. business, you know, they say find your niche. That's, that's exactly what it is. You can't... You're probably not going to have a successful business if you try and force yourself to, you know, if I was going to be a knitting entrepreneur, I probably yeah. wouldn't do very well. <laughs> Couldn't care less about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right. Okay, Something next else? one then. Um, so this is one I've been interested in quite a lot lately. It is the schooling system. Okay. So there's not like a massive... I wouldn't say like flat earthers. There's a community around it. There's not really like a community around this one. But yeah. there's a lot of um, good debates to be had on why the schooling system is the way it is. And again, I didn't think about this until recently because you just take things for what they are. You just go to school. But why is school the way it is? Um, and there's some good debates around it, really. Mm. So the conspiracy is that school is just designed for us commoners and peasants <laughs> by the system is made by the rich people to put the poorer people um, into school you get taught how to take orders just obey authority you just memorize things instead of being creative so then you kind of children then grow up to be docile and they don't question things they just get kind of low pay and medial jobs and just pay most of that in taxes for your whole life pretty much until you can retire and enjoy a couple of years before you die. So start them off young, let them uh, teach them how to take orders and kill all the creativity and just work for the rich. And the school system does that very well. Um, so that's a, a kind of, this one really makes sense to me actually. Yeah, I understand that. The whole, like it's from Victorian values isn't it industrialization mm. you start work at a certain time you finish at a certain time when a bell rings you do this when a, you accept authority but then again education is also really important for like third world countries who don't have it then they're they're constantly in the, that state of they're in a worse state so education does teach people to think about the wider world i guess and is an opportunity to escape from that um, you know, you can study to become a doctor, a lawyer, In you know, there is those opportunities from education. But yeah, you're right, ultimately, that that it is from a, it's a Victorian institution, isn't it? So, yeah, for me, the big one is it, it does kill creativity and it's all based on memorization. And, you know, you get those, uh, you get like entrepreneurs who say, I was just so terrible at school. I just, mm. the attention span was horrendous. You only teach one way. You look at the you look at the board. You read the book and you you memorize it. But some yeah. people we know of, they they don't learn that way. They learn by being hands on. You get people who are terrible at school and they go on to be I don't know, a mechanic or something because it's hands on. They learn straight away and they're like a genius. They could be yeah. a, lot the, a lot of the cleverest people in the world have done really bad at school because it's just it's, it's just a one, one size way. fits all, isn't it? it absolutely Whereas is. Yeah, yeah. We don't always fit into those. Um, I, I heard someone describing it really well the other day on the news and it was about um, children who don't fit into the regular system and they were saying like what schooling does is put pegs, hammer pegs, hammer circular pegs through the holes and 
some and if you can get through the hole then you're fine if you can't you get a bit of hammering but some children will never it doesn't matter how much you hammer them they'll never fit into that you'll never get a square peg into a circular hole and yeah. they were saying like schooling fits the majority of people but it doesn't fit everyone and um yeah you're right I mean like if I told my dad when I was at school that I wanted to run my own business and be a Pilates instructor <laughs> you know would I have continued doing my A-levels and a degree and all that kind of stuff like even though I did it in business but it took me 20 years after that to um use it <laughs> yeah it's like you said yeah it, it kills creativity and I think as well, especially in the early years of schooling, like, do you need, I, I think if you just left to your own devices, then the, you just, because it's it's the whole, you get taught what to think, not how to think, mm. like problem solve and just be creative and just let kids be kids, they figure things out. Do you think if you never taught a kid how to count to 10, they would never figure it out? Of course they would. I think when you get to like eight, nine, 10 years old, you would just know just stuff being alive. You don't have to instill the things into kids they just figure it out don't they do you think like the the pygmies and the aborigines sat down and taught them how to count to 20 and learn the <laughs> can alphabet can they count to 20 though well, 20 the, accounting system that they use well they'll obviously know how to count if there was five lions coming they, <laughs> they put the hand I mean, up for not five the aborigines on. wouldn't have yeah. lions coming <laughs> the pygmies might See, that's education that's taught me that Dan I, I don't know whether I'm with you I can understand a little bit but uh, yeah. we'll say five think... kangaroos <laughs> yes <laughs> see that's what education's taught me that there's no lions in Australia um, <laughs> I was talking about my friend once who was going oh, I can't wait to go to Africa she was going on safari in Africa and she's like I can't wait to see the tigers <laughs> yeah that's the like, only tigers in Africa there's no tigers in Africa she was like what? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, okay. But, you know, you get taught to read, which then you can read other books and other people and thoughts and how they, you know. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's it's like, I'm not, I'm not. Um, no, not dissing it. Yeah, I'm not saying education is bad. I'm saying it's this, the traditional schooling system. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I think your parents could probably teach you to read. <laughs> like, it's not bad, <laughs> really. You just don't need to learn how to read, like, at a certain level. You have to read this book by year six, this yeah, book by... Yeah, I like understand that. I understand yeah. what you're saying. It's not a one-size-fits-all. And yeah. um, for some people, like Oscar Wilde said, don't let educate, don't let schooling interfere with your education. Yeah, There's that's a lot a really, more to, yeah. to learn. And one I heard recently was, if you learn it in school, then it's probably not valuable. <laughs> like so, trigonometry. Yeah, like fucking algebra. Like, who cares? Like... <laughs> You know, like when it, was anyone ever used algebra? Problem probably zero point zero zero one percent of people. people. And even then, they just go on Google. You know what I mean? So, is it really relevant? I understand yeah. it's it's helping your brain learn stuff, and that's good. But most of it is just a, it's just nonsense. You just don't you just even degrees now? Even go to university for three four years, people don't use any of it. You know what I mean? Even I did personal training qualifications. I was learning about the valves in the heart and things like that load of it it's just filler it just fills out just textbooks you honestly most of it you do not need um yeah anyway next <laughs> <laughs> okay right. go on then what's next next up on a similar line it's kind of the schooling system and the whole society thing uh feminism this is an interesting one which i've Ooh. kind of learned a little bit about lately um mm -hmm. again some of the points make sense 
Um, so the conspiracy theory, theory around feminism being a big movement, because once upon a time, feminism was not a thing, was it? It was just probably wasn't even a term. Um, some people argue that feminism was kind of an agenda set up and pushed by governments and authority figures um, to make women feel unequal to men. And mm. so then they could go into the into the workforce and do men's jobs to make themselves feel equal. Mm-hmm. So, but the reason why that would have been done is if there's then twice as many people in the workforce, so the country means the government are going to make twice as much in income taxes and national insurance and all that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the, so then if women aren't there at home to raise the kids, which traditionally they did, mm-hmm. so then the kids go off to nurseries and daycares, which are normally government run businesses. Then you can teach the kids how to get menial paying jobs, grow up, pay more income tax. Again, it's just a form of obedience and authority again. Um, so this one again, there's some good points to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my kind of that's that's a new one for me, but that does kind of make sense. And there's been lots of studies. I think in the, the Czech system, I'm sure Paul quotes um, quite a few studies saying that women who stay at home and raise the family, that maternal instinct, their families are um, proven to be happier, and there's less divorce rates, and the, the children are healthier as well. Because women do have that maternal instinct. It's not like I'm not I'm not saying the pendulum swings too far. Obviously. Um, women and men, but women and men are different. We have different um, physical attributes, mental attributes, emotional attributes. So, yeah, that's the argument on feminism. I think it's quite interesting, actually. Yeah, there's a really good um, program called Miss America uh, with Kate Blanchett. I think it was like a mini series. Really good if anybody wants to watch it. And it was about that in America in the '60s. It's a really famous American feminist whose name I can't remember, but she was going on for, um, you know, feminism and equal rights and women should be allowed equal rights. And then there was a whole backlash by women to her saying, well, actually, we don't want to work. We're quite happy being in the at home, looking after the kids, looking after our husbands. And um, so, yeah, it's the op- opposite side of feminism, isn't it? Um, did they do us a favour by making us work? Um there's two sides to every story, isn't there? So, yeah, interesting. Interesting one. But, yeah, I would watch Miss America. It's really good, actually. Yeah, it's not that saying women shouldn't work. They should have the, the equal opportunity to work, but you mm. shouldn't make them feel less of themselves for wanting to stay at home to, to raise a family. And, like you say, that yeah. maternal instinct right is if you've got a, a husband real thing. Who, yeah who's all right and nice and earns well. Because like back yeah. in the day, the men used to earn more relative to now, isn't it? It's that whole thing about um, pensions and stuff, that women should get equal pensions to men at the time. And instead of like bringing the men down, they brought the women up. And there was a big thing about that. There's still a big thing about that. Um, yeah. yeah the, the system's too far down the line now to change it really though, because all things like all things you need to survive in modern society, like mortgages are normally based on two people's incomes Yeah. and even cars and holidays. It's everything's based. The monetary system is based on two people having an income. So it's almost impossible to go back, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So interesting one yet, like you said, two sides to every story, the every movement forward, there'll be a backlash and an opposite movement. People saying, well, you know, actually I don't want to be doing that kind of stuff. So yeah. Um, next up, this this is one I think you'll know more about than me. 
Okay. Um, Princess Diana's death. There's a lot Ooh. of conspiracies around this one. Yeah. That was quite uh, young. I wonder what year was it? Mid 90s, was it? 98, I think. So 98. So I was like yeah. nine year old. So I remember it happening, but I didn't know the rel- like the the magnitude. I, I, I wasn't, I barely knew what the royal family was. I just remember being on the news all the time. So. Yeah, yeah, I remember it really well. Um, yes, so I heard that the best person I'd heard describe this was Eddie Izzard. And he said, when Princess Diana died, he said it was like watching a soap opera and you were what really wanting to watch the rest of the soap opera and see what happened. And then it was like a soap opera getting cut off mid-prime <laughs> prime time and you were like, no, I wanted to see what happened. And uh, yeah, there was loads of stuff around that. Was her, was her chauffeur um drunk at the time was the car tampered with um had someone had something to do with it because she was knocking around with Dodi Al-Fayed um yeah was she a bit of a rogue was she <laughs> was she going too far um yeah interesting I don't think I don't think so but yeah there was a lot of stuff at the time about it yeah it just seems that very convenient that she was the one who was kind of going against the grain of the royal family kind of traditional um values out here mm. and then she was the one who ended up getting killed in a tunnel where no one could see yeah you know yeah. what i mean it's just normally conspiracy theories come from somewhere it's because there's something doesn't quite sit right with everyone which is kind of yeah again i don't know too much about this i've read a little bit about it but the, the big one that I um, read was that, yeah, like you said, she was she was um, about to be, or apparently she was going to get engaged to Dodi, mm. um, who was a Muslim. And obviously the royal family being... She's the uh, mother of the future king. <laughs> yeah, they were um, Catholics or Christians. They're the, Catholics. They're the Christians, sorry. Um, <laughs> She's the head of the Protestant church. Right, well... <laughs> Again, it, it would for for Diana in the royal family to then be partnered up with a Muslim would not would not sit well, you know what I mean. And she was, so yeah, I just think the fact that they obviously didn't like her in the family, did they? And then yeah. the fact that she was killed in a tunnel where no one could see, uh, just uh, this this nah. definite. I think this is just it just wasn't not a coincidence. There's nobody else in the history of the royal family has ever died, and no one's been there to witness it. Like, has <laughs> people been died? No, they died, but not not in mysterious circumstances where there's, yeah. What about Lord Mountbatten? He was blown up by the IRA. Yeah, well, well, yeah, well, if if there's only one official explanation, that's pretty easy to to come to a conclusion. But with Diana, there's so many different things where like. You know, was was it the press? Was it the press hounding her? Was the yeah. driver drunk? Was it just a, was it just a road traffic accident? How convenient that it happened in a tunnel! Like it's yeah, there's too many things going on there for me. Definitely okay. more to the eye. I don't obviously, not not many people know the official story. Certainly not me, but more. But there's a, more to it, I'd say. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, right. Question for you. Go on then. Who built the pyramids? <laughs> Uh, the, the Egyptians. <laughs> That's what they you want you in, to believe. <laughs> are you in denial? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Um, You're not getting me, Joe. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a good one, actually. Yeah, I wouldn't have got it unless you said, unless you forced me to think about it. In denial? Are you in denial? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not really that clued up on Egyptology. I know it's a, okay. you reference Graham Hancock quite a lot, and he's. I love Graham Hancock. Yeah, he's big into it. Um, so the conspiracy theories around the pyramids is there is no way on earth with the technology at the time or that we believed that they had, they could build such precise monumental structures while the rest of the world was still scratting around, you know what I mean, living in <laughs> holes in the ground, yet they built the pyramids. And it's the location, the preciseness, the, the, the scale. Um, so there's a lot of conspiracy theories. One of them, that it wasn't humans, that it was aliens. I don't know whether it's that. Those nice aliens that looking after nice, us. Yeah. <laughs> they decided to build um, a pyramid for us. Yeah, but the the on the, the the line that Graham Hancock talks about is like there was other civilizations um, even before the 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 Egyptians who they had a lot more advanced technology that we give them credit for really mm. things like um, stone cutting tools like the some of the stones are cut so precise that even by today's standards it's like miraculous. And but we think we think that there were slaves carried them on, you know what I mean, big ropes and haul them to the top when some of them weigh like a hundred tons. So there's a, a lot of question marks over it. Again, I, I don't. There's so much information about the pyramids and stuff, and again, a lot of people are entrenched in just the whole traditional system of it was just slaves who did it. I think there's more to it. But yeah, what... probably not aliens, but probably more that what Graham Hancock says. There was other civilizations which have been just forgotten about or covered up because mm. you get the scientists who were so entrenched that they didn't look at other um, possibilities. Yeah, well, Graham Hancock was saying the other day when I was listening to him, he was saying that because we've gone down a certain evolutionary path um, and we've gone very mechanical and then that's turned into electrical and computer and information. So other people have gone the other way and maybe gone like I, I don't know like the power of the mind we don't use all of our mind and um so he was saying that there could be other ways that it's been done but um yeah it's a difficult one isn't it because nobody really knows yeah and the egyptians were uh, how i want to put it like mysterious there's they were very I think there's such a big fascination around it because like you look at all the old um what's the like the hieroglyphics and the the drawings they used to do and stuff like where the the emphasize the third eye the pineal gland has been this huge mm. thing and some of the drawings show like that almost look like alien spacecraft and things some of the drawings in the pyramids it's very yeah there's you can see why there's so many question marks over it though can't you it's yeah. very mysterious and there's another something i read about really recently called the uh, there was a, an ancient culture or civilization or time period. It was called the Tartarian um, era or something. I don't, I don't know what to describe it as. But anyway, this theory is that if you look at, even in England, you can go to Durham and stuff, and you look at all the oldest buildings, like the cathedrals and the churches and some of the government buildings, a lot of them have, like on the towers, they have like lots of like spikes and they almost look like antennas and mm. things coming off them, whereas the rest of the building looks really beautiful. But then at the highest point, there's always like a, a spike with loads of different kind of angles coming off it. And uh, some of the theories go that the Tartarian civilization, I, I don't know what era it was, but it was definitely before we thought electricity came around, that 
buildings or people used to be able to communicate different energy sources like electric through these buildings, which were like major points in the in cities. Like, a, right. like a cathedral and a church and a government building mm-hmm. would be the main hubs of the city. So they could these spikes on the top were used to transmit certain signals and things. But we just think they're de- decorative. But when you actually look at these buildings, they're kind of out of place, to be honest. They don't look nice, really. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like Durham Cathedral is beautiful. But then you look at the very top, there's these like spires and all these spikes coming off. And it kind of seems out of place. Why would they need them back in that day? Um, they almost look like lightning rods. But yeah, that's called the Tartarian era. So again, it goes down the, the route of Graham Hancock says there could be a lot more civilizations and ancient technologies that we just don't know exist. That we don't understand. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Like Nikola Tesla, he was going to yeah, make electricity free to everybody wasn't he and so you built that strange thing with all those spiky things on it yeah yeah well nikola tesla then when he when he was found dead in his hotel room in the safe in the hotel room had been busted open and all his mm. um, all his documents were gone never to be seen again yeah he was going to make electricity free to everybody and then the oil merchants edison got in the way didn't they yeah and oil merchants don't like free electric do don't they? like so, free no exactly yeah um how many have you got left right just a couple well i've got a few but um right i think a big one i think the biggest one for me is 9-11 okay well not just 9-11 is one of a series of what's called false flags yeah so bear Mm -hmm. with me here so false flag false flag is a name but it's like a kind of military act Mm -hmm. it's based on the whole problem problem reaction solution mm-hmm. um think so you create a problem so then you react and then you can also provide the solution okay. so things like i think like 9 11 there's just so many question marks that go on for a whole hour about it um mm-hmm. but there's also things like the whole weapons of mass destruction mm-hmm. that was in the news they never found any um 9 11 you know what i mean the pentagon got hit by a plane but they never found any any wreckage the twin towers fell down in perfect straight lines, and the tower seven fell down. It wasn't even hit by a plane. You know what I mean? Mm. Pearl Harbor. They reckon that people think that was they knew that was going to happen. So all these are called false flags. It gives the government create a situation, which then gives them an excuse to kind of go to war for the real motive. You know, do you know what I mean? Mm. So for the weapons of mass destruction. The, the government just said, oh, we think Saddam Hussein's got weapons of mass destruction. That gives us an excuse to then go um, go to war in Iraq. But really, they went to war in Iraq because they wanted to control the oil fields. But if they just invaded Iraq just because they wanted the oil fields, that's very unethical if there's not a reason to go there in the first place. Mm. So you create the problem and then, you, then you, you do the act. So that's called a false flag. And they can also, on the back of these things, take away people's liberties. So in 9-11, when... Uh, immediately after, the government created a thing called the Patriot Act, which means they can spy on you, they can tap your phones, they can search internet history without you knowing about it. But that was the, under the guise of, well, we need to know what everyone's looking at and talking around, talking about in case there's going to be another act of terrorism. But what if... So that, that's a good theory. That's like a good looking after your safety. But what if they always wanted to spy on you? So they create the situation which allows them to spy on you in the first place. We'll just sacrifice a few thousand lives and then it gives us an excuse to do what we want. So 
yeah, those are called false flags, and there's a lot of them when you look into it. But it's, I understand it's hard. It's a bit of pill to swallow for people because a lot of people get killed and stuff. But yeah, doesn't doesn't sit well well with me this one. I, 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 I do believe in them all actually as well because there's so much overwhelming evidence. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, it's human nature, isn't it, to give yourself a justification? Like me with my cake, like I can justify why I need to buy something, buy a new handbag or a new pair of shoes. I can create a justification for that or eat the cake where this is just on a grander scale, isn't it? You need to get people on your side to go like, like we saw it in lockdown when we first, I know we're not going to talk about the whole thing, but <laughs> when we first started, nobody wanted to go in lockdown, did they? They were like, no, well, let's just carry on. And then things started to grow. And then it was like the public started saying we need to lock down. It was the public that got Boris to lock down. Can you remember? It was like, we just need like to lock the, down. Like momentum builds, doesn't it? Yeah, and then so like the actual public were telling the government what they wanted to do, even though that's what the government wanted to do in the first place, but they didn't have any support. They don't have a reason to do it. Yeah, if Boris had said, right, we're going to lock down like a month earlier or whatever, which would probably saved a lot of lives, if you believe that lockdowns work, then, then, but you wouldn't have had any support. We wouldn't have done it. Nobody would have done it. They would have just gone, no, I'm not doing that. But because it was getting then the figure factor was building and the media was swelling and everything, and then they said, "Okay, we're going to lock down." And everyone was compliant. Yeah, again, it's that whole problem, reaction, solution. You create a problem, the public react, and then the people who created the problem say, "Well, here's the solution." Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah, like say, um, like the weapons of mass destruction, right? Here's an imaginary problem, or mm. quote unquote imaginary problem. All the public react. So yeah, we can't have Saddam Hussein having weapons of mass destruction. It'll destroy the world. Yeah. I know the solution. We'll we'll go and invade and search for them. And while we're there, we'll take all the oil fields. But the trouble yeah. is, they never found any weapons of mass destruction. They kill loads of innocent people. Yeah. Oh, there's a really flag. good thing on Netflix at the moment. A film. Have you watched the film called Official Secrets? Um, no, that might have um, passed it. But... Oh, it's really good. You should watch it. It's got. Um, that actress in his name, I can't remember. Now. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, uh, she's, uh, <laughs> she's a really famous actress. <laughs> um, uh, Keely Ke- Knightley, Kira Knightley. Knightley, that's her. It's really good. It's about she was working at um, the MI5 offices intercepting um, things, and um, she intercepted some emails from the British government from the minister at the time saying that he was trying to influence the way the UN voted. And she knew that that was illegal because we can't influence the way other countries vote. But this is what, and she intercepted some of those documents and gave them to the press saying, look, this is illegal. This is going to take us into an illegal war. Dead interesting. The She got found out and she got arrested. She got put in jail and then a trial came. I'm going to tell you what happened, but dead interesting. And it's a true story. And uh yeah, so a lot of these conspiracy theories, especially when, when they go against what the government tell us. Yeah, the government narrative, yeah. So a lot of these people who are trying to expose a different side of the story, isn't it convenient that they all get arrested or they try and get silenced or they, ended up, they end up dead mm-hmm. sometimes? Yeah, if, like if, that guy who... If who there was like an open them. discussion around everything and if, it was, if the government were really looking out for us, why can't we just have an open discussion? Why do yeah. you, these other people have to be silenced? It's... Um, 
even that alone should raise the question, shouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, right, so I've got a few more, but we don't one. have time. So I'll quickly just brush over the other ones I had. We'll have to do this in another six months. Oh, yeah. So climate change, there's a lot of conspiracy theories mm, around that. Climate change deniers, yeah. yeah. Um, the food and medical industry. Oh, we need to thing. do that one another day. We'll have to do an episode two of our conspiracy theories because those ones that we've left out are actually the juicy ones. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, mobile phones. Yeah, um, there's a lot. 5G. Yeah, 5G, even if your phone's listening to you and, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You ever had a conversation with someone and you've had your phone and you pop it and then you load up YouTube and the first advert that comes up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just, yeah. Is Amazon, um, is Alexa listening to you? They probably are. Didn't they find microphones in, you know, the, the hive heating systems on your wall? Oh. No, they don't They don't need a microphone, but apparently they're in there. Um, okay. Brainwashing, which is a bit of a, definitely a bit of a, um, mm. conspiracy theory term but there's mm-hmm. there's now released documents that there was things like mk ultra that lasted for 23 years that they were trying out brainwashing and psychedelic drugs on people un, unwillingly to try and see if it could control people mm-hmm. um chemtrails mm-hmm. that's, quite a good one. Um, that's a good one rich cults who run the world that they're like freemasons and the knights of Mulder and bilderberg group and all these Rich families, Illuminati's, yeah, the New World Order. So much history involved in those, though. It literally goes back thousands of years, like the Knights Mm -hmm. Templar, going back to the Vatican City. And it's Mm -hmm. not just new things. It's gone back years and years and years. Um, The JFK assassination, it's kind of Mm -hmm. obviously... Don't know a lot about that, but there's some big question marks, even from basics, like just from what I've seen, for one man to act alone, was it Lee Harvey Oswald? And then for him to be murdered again, then murdered like was it like a few weeks later? Very just... conveniently. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, and the last one I had was flu ride in tap water and toothpaste. Oh, that's a, that's okay. a bit of a more of a lighthearted one, but not really, <laughs> not really when you look in when you feel look into it. Um, it could be quite sinister, actually. Yeah. Okay. But those are the other ones. We'll do those ones another day. And again, honestly, there's probably about another 10 more, which I didn't write down on my list, <laughs> but just didn't have time. Yeah, yeah. So if you are interested, if you've got any other conspiracy theories that you <laughs> want us to discuss, I know I'm kind of, I'm not skeptical because I think skepticism is the easy option. Like just go, nah, nah, that didn't happen, that didn't happen. Because that would just be as a closed mind. I think it's also I'm healthy. Be, it's also healthy to be skeptical as well. Yeah, I'm open minded about it all. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of in the middle, I think. Yeah. For me, it's like, I'm really interested in it. And like you say, I never just, just something I've always been interested in. I think once you listen, you, you get interested in a few, it opens doors to other ones and you think, oh, yeah. well, if, that, if that's that, then why is, so you do start to question things. Yeah. But it, it can get a little bit heavy as well, because you, the more you read about it and you think, if this is actually true and you think, God, the world is such a sadistic place. Yeah. Is, but then I also think, well, it's the whole, the yin and the yang. There has to be kind of dark times and dark forces. There has to be light forces. Is this a particularly dark time? It could be a few thousand years. Then do we go into a different time where there's more peace and harmony? But there's always both. Um, the age of Aquarius. It's the whole secrecy around it all. I, I, I don't like. But then again, yeah, if, I think if when there's word... any secrecy around things, mm. then that's 
fuels a lot of a lot of it. But I think it's good to have this like open mind question everything. Like yeah, exactly. don't believe everything that everyone tells you. See Arthur C. Clarke taught me that from a very early age. <laughs> <laughs> We've come full circle. We finished there. <laughs> So I'm going to hunt out my Arthur C. Clarke books. He was a bit of a legend, really, wasn't he, Arthur? I don't know if he was. Did he not? No. Oh, my God, Dan. <laughs> Arthur C. Clarke was a legend. I think he was in, on some of the space missions. Like, he wrote um, 21,000 BC or something, or AD. <laughs> well, you can't know him that well. <laughs> he wrote the famous music that do... Oh, I won't even try and sing it. <laughs> No, you've got to look up. You have to look up Arthur C. Clarke right, now. Okay. I'm going to go and hunt my books out. Right, okay. So, um, listeners, thank you for listening. And you know, the truth is out there. <laughs> Was that on X Files or something like yeah. that? Yeah, oh, I'm getting them all out now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as always, this was a bit of a, a one of our sideline podcasts, but <laughs> interesting. And I hope we've given you some things to think about. Don't believe everything you see or hear. Question everything. Question everything. Believe nothing. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we release new content every Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Alexa, Amazon, Chill's website, everywhere and in between. Yeah. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you soon.